Revival Explosion Ministries presents Faith Connection Church's podcast with Hermes Falco Jr. We always bring a message of faith and hope that will encourage your walk with God. Enjoy it. Discouragement. And I believe it's a now word for every single person in this place. Um, I've been meditating about it, thinking about it, praying about it, and reading what the word has to say. And uh, it is really interesting because the Bible has a lot to say about this issue of discouragement. A lot. And oftentimes we, we wonder how we can overcome the very thing that we're feeling. And the number one thing I want to tell you is this. Discouragement is not something that affects only those who are not doing good spiritually. So people have a tendency to think, for example, Oh, you know, so-and-so is discouraged. They're not doing good with God. They're not doing good spiritually. They don't have enough faith. So, first thing I want to tell you that discouragement can come and knock on the door of spiritual people. It is not about only those who are living by the flesh, though that may happen. There are different types of discouragement. There are some people who are discouraged because they have made bad choices in life. They have been in sin. They have lived wrongly. And bad consequences are happening to them and they get discouraged. But it was, it was basically, they made a way for that to happen and they are just reaping what they have planted. Because the Bible says that God cannot be mocked. Amen? Say this, God cannot be mocked. Whatever you plant, you shall reap. It's a law, it's a principle. It's a principle that has been going on for, for ever since the world has, has begun. Everything you and I plant, make sure you shall reap that. So sometimes, number one I want to say, sometimes people are discouraged because of their own bad choices. They, had, they have um, lived not according to the word. They have lived a life that is contrary to the word. They have lived outside of the blessing of God. Therefore, they are not under the blessing, they're not under protection, and the enemy comes and have his way, what happens? They get discouraged. But in this case, it is because of their own actions and own choices. But even then, God is so merciful. God is so rich in mercy that He still has a willing heart to set people free from that situation. So if the problem was caused by you, there's a way out. There are ways to be free. Why? Because God is rich in mercy. God is forgiving. God is loving. God is uh, kind. And, and He's willing to forgive. He's willing to cause the goodness of God cause people to repent. It is the goodness of the Lord that leads men to repentance. Okay, so number one, people can get in trouble because of their own choices and own consequences and they will get discouraged. And the way to get encouraged is to repent. I'm going to be talking about other types of this of discouragement. So don't get me wrong that I'm saying all of that is sin. I'm just I'm just uh, covering here some different types of discouragements. First of all, also, what does discouragement mean? Discouragement means. What does it mean? It comes from the root word, courage. This 
means the opposite of the prefix means opposite of courage so when you're this courage you're having the opposite of courage you're having the opposite of faith when you walk in faith you believe the impossible you believe the miracle you believe the blessing you believe the breakthrough you believe the deliverance you believe the provision you believe all good things all the promise of the lord yes and amen but when you walk in discouragement what, what has happened you walk in negative feelings and this has come to set in within your heart so the number one group of people that are discouraged are those who have done wrong walk in the flesh the bible says it is impossible to walk in the flesh and please god it's impossible if you walk in the flesh you're going to reap the, the the reap what the flesh produces death sorrow pain anguish sin what happens i've seen people they get into trouble they do everything wrong and then everything goes bad for them and they blame god for it Oh, no, it was God's fault. God did this. No, no, he didn't. You did it yourself. And he allowed you to do it because he gave you ability to choose things. And you did it yourself. You messed up. You did everything wrong. Now you blame God for it. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? The devil loves that. Because people get into trouble. They do all kinds of bad things. Amen. And, and so sometimes also people think it is only about actions, but it's about the heart. The Bible says that God sees the heart. The Bible says uh, that we should protect our hearts because out of our hearts flows the issues of life. Amen. So uh, we got to be very careful what we allow to set in our hearts because it really matters. If it didn't matter, it would not be so much in the Bible. If it only mattered what we do, then Jesus would not have addressed the issues of the heart. Because everything begins in the heart. The Bible says that out of the heart proceeds all kinds of evil that comes from the heart. Fornication, impurity, uh, 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 adultery, and all kinds of bad things flow from the heart. Amen. So what happens is when we allow our hearts to be affected by the enemy, we'll reap the consequences and then we'll get frustrated and discouraged. But before you say, oh no, Pastor Herman is just saying that if you discourage, you're in sin. No, it's not true. Amen. You can live a holy life. You can be pure before God and you can get discouraged. You know that? How? I can give you some examples in the Bible. Elijah. <laughs> powerful, powerful prophet of God. Who's living holy. And... Just give a context here out of 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. Uh, you don't have to open there right now, but 1 Kings chapter 18, if you read it later, it talks about the, the confrontation between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. How many remember that? Uh, Elijah, he said this. You know, let's see who calls, uh, what God responds by fire. You just go and call your God. And let's see if he responds. And so, um, the prophets begin to, of Baal begin to cry out and say, you know, let's let's invoke our God. And he didn't respond. And then Elijah, I'm paraphrasing now. Elijah said, well, maybe he's too busy. He went to the bathroom. You know, that's what Elijah said. You know, <laughs> maybe he's too, he just went to the bathroom. He's not responding. And so, basically. 
Elijah saw they were not responding. Elijah said, let's put water in there in the altar. Let's call the God of Israel because I know he responds by fire. He will respond by fire. And he put water in there. And, and so it's not part of the message, but I'll give, I'll give you a tip. When we think about water, we think, oh, he was putting water because of the fire was coming and the fire strong in the water just to prove that it was the fire of God. But it was deeper than that. The water was very um, much lacking during that time because there was a drought in the land. So when they put water in the altar, they were putting something that was precious to them at that time that they needed. And they're putting the altar sacrificing to God. Amen. So they put the water in there and then Elijah called on God in the name of the Lord. And the Bible says that he answered by fire. And then fire came and pretty much a revival took place in Israel. Because you know why? Because everybody saw, wow, our God is the real deal. Let's get rid of all the Baal stuff and, and, and Azera and, and all the other stuff that is not godly. And let's sanctify ourselves because we're going to worship God. So there was a revival in the land. And the Bible says that, you know, you didn't mess with the Old, Old Testament prophets. Because 800, more than 800 prophets of Baal were executed. I mean, that's crazy. Think about that. 850 were executed. So, uh, and the, the whole country, the whole, the whole nation came to repentance and, and came before the Lord. So, Elijah was in the top part of his ministry. Like, it was like his ministry was having major success, national success. Like, I mean, pe people are seeing the glory of the Lord being revealed physically with fire coming from heaven. Right? Uh, God was responding to him. And people are getting saved and repenting. So Elijah, if it was in today's age, was like a major successful minister who has connection with God, has fellowship with the Lord, and caused a revival to come to the whole nation of Israel. Yet, we know this story. Jezebel heard about that. And she did not, was not happy about it. She's like, oh, he did that. Did God answer by fire? Okay. Tell him. Send him a message. He's going to be killed in the same way by this time tomorrow. Now, think about this. Elijah is in the glor top, most glorious season of his ministry, seeing national revival, seeing a major move of God, many physical manifestation of the glory of God with fire coming from heaven. The prophets of Baal get wiped out. The whole country repents and turns to the Lord. Isn't that awesome? He'd be like, man, that's awesome. And then Jezebel says, you know what? Tell him he's going to be killed. And then we, we read the story in 1 Kings chapter 19 that Elijah runs away, runs for his life. And the Bible says, when he ran for his life, he was desperate. And then it came to a point in 1 Kings 19 that Elijah said, Lord, that I may die. It's a little bit, little bit of contradiction right in there because Jezebel was trying to kill him. And then he runs away for his life and said, Lord, just let me die. So the Lord could have said, you know, go back to Jezebel. She can get the job done for you. <laughs> then, have you ever thought about that? He was running away from Jezebel because he didn't want to die. But it, then he prayed, Lord, I want to die. And the Lord said, go back. And then he didn't say that. He said, go back to Jezebel. She, she'll get the job done for sure. You know, 
and then and then we see how Elijah was very distressed and very discouraged was he living in sin no was he not holy he was was he a prophet yes was he in ministry yes was there anything wrong with his life no but he was discouraged about what about the situation that he encountered himself and let me give you some some tips on discouragement when we are discouraged we have the wrong perspective let me tell you why if you continue to read the text in first kings 19 you're going to see that uh the lord had an encounter with elijah and the lord began to tell him things and 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 kind of have a conversation with elijah and elijah said lord you know i have done everything for you i have i have um confronted the prophets of Baal, I have done all this right. And now it is only me left and, and, and Jezebel wants me to be killed. They are, they are seeking for my life. You know what the Lord said to him? You're wrong, Elijah. There are 7,000 more that have not bowed their knees. There are 7,000 more that you don't know them, but they exist and they are alive today and they have not bowed to Baal. They have not given in to the enemy. And because you're discouraged, you're having the wrong perception, wrong perspective. When you and I are discouraged, we have the wrong perspective because we see everything through the lens of discouragement. We see everything through the lens of negativity. Same thing with people who are hurt by somebody. Because they were hurt through A, B, or C, then they think that X, Y, and Z will also hurt them because the experience and the frustration has set in in their hearts and they see everything through the lens of frustration and disappointment and discouragement. Hallelujah. That's why so many people, they, and they pass on that misery to other people. Have you ever seen people who say, for example, you know, I'm not going to get married because, you know, my parents' marriage was a mess. Or my mom said that she got married twice and it was not good. Therefore, it's not good for me to marry because she did that. Therefore, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that with my life at all. What is that? It's a frustration, a disappointment, and a discouragement that has passed on from generation to generation. Because when people are discouraged, are frustrated, disappointed, they only look things through the perspective of frustration and discouragement and they cannot see the other side they cannot see the good in anything discouragement will blur the image of God and the image of things with your perception what does discouragement do pastor it blurs the image you can't see clearly. You can't see right. You can't see good. You can't see hope. You can't see faith. You cannot see the promise of God. Why? The image is blurred. There's no clarity. That's what happened with Elijah. Elijah was not seen correctly, even though he was a man of God, even though he did great things for the Lord. At the moment that discouraged set in his heart, he was not seeing things clearly anymore. Lord, it's only me. No, it's not. You're wrong. There are 7,000 that have not bowed their knees. Don't ever think that you're the only one. Don't ever think that you're the only one anointed. You're the only one holy. You're the only one who, who 
tells the truth you're the only one who lives for God that's a lie from the pit of hell there is a church of Jesus Christ in this nation in the nation of the world who is washed by the blood of Jesus who has faith in the Lord and who is going to heaven amen, amen. you're not the only one I'm not the only one so discouragement will do something with you it will change and shift your perspective and you can't see through Elijah experienced that. Another one experienced that. David experienced that. Men of God. And the Bible says, it, it, it's so interesting because Elijah, later on, if you read the passage, keep reading 1 Kings, he was taken to heaven. He didn't, he didn't even die. God took him in a chariot of fire. Stook him. He was no more because the Lord took him. Isn't that awesome? Amen. But when he was discouraged, he could not see ahead. He could not see it. But everything was prepared for him. He was not even going to die. But he couldn't see it. Amen. So discouragement or uh, the opposite of courage. What does it will do to you? What will it do to you? It will blur the image of God. Let me give you an example. When you get disappointed with something or somebody, a disappointment is an instant reaction, right? But discouragement is what sets in your heart. Disappointment is, is unavoidable. We're going to be disappointed. Have you been disappointed before? Yeah? Many times? You'll be disappointed in the future too. Because that's going to happen. That's, that's how, how, how it is in life. You're going to get disappointed with people. You're going to get disappointed with circumstances. You're going to get disappointed with leaders. You're going to get disappointed with this. But the thing is, when I allow disappointment to set in, it will transform itself, not just disappointment. It will transform itself in a discouragement. And some people get discouraged for such a long time that everything they see is through the lens of their suffering and the lens of their pain. They can't see through the word. They cannot see the blessing. They cannot see good in anything or anybody. Amen. They only see the pain and they only see the suffering and they only see the misery or whatever happened to them. And, and they'll see everything through the lens of that. But the Lord wants to heal and deliver you from that feeling. It is okay that you have experienced disappointments, but you don't have to stay there. It is okay that you felt discouraged, but you don't have to stay there. Amen. Amen. Oh, you know, Pastor, it's normal to be discouraged. You said that everybody would get discouraged. Yes, but you don't have to stay there. Right. It does not have to become your lifestyle. Because no. the Bible says that we live by faith, not by sight. I cannot live, discourage my whole life and live a life of faith. It's impossible. I have to choose. Now, let me give an example from the Word. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And verse 1. Through 4. When you get there, say Amen. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day 
that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away, so they went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lift up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Wow. Is that crazy? Have ever wept or cried so much that you had no power to cry anymore? Yeah? Like you did so much, you're like, man, I don't have even strength to cry anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm done crying because I, I, this is too much for me. David, with his mighty men, went through that same thing. The Bible says they took their wives and their children. They burned the city. What, imagine this picture. It's a picture of total failure. A total disaster. Amen. And what happened? The Bible says they got together and they didn't know what to do. They were they, they're just crying. In other words, they were disappointed and they got discouraged. They got very discouraged because they saw a situation that was greater than, than their power to overcome it. In other words, there are some situations in your life that are so um, threatening or so scary that when you think about it, it is greater than your own ability to fix it or control it. It's greater than, you, than your capacity to do something about it in the natural. Amen? Maybe it is a family member. Maybe it is something that is causing you, uh, causing you major stress or major problems. And then you look and you think all the possibilities that you can do to fix the situation. And you're like, man, I, I can't do anything about it. Then you get discouraged because you can't control it. But then you got to remember, there is a God who is greater than any situation. There is a God who is greater than any problem. There is a God who, your God is greater than any condition, situation, or circumstance that may come against you. That's what we got to remember. Have the right perspective. When you get discouraged, remember this. I'm telling you so you can remember in the time that you get discouraged. The devil will try to blur your perspective because that will naturally happen. You won't be able to see things correctly or have the right perspective because it will try to nullify the presence of God from that situation. And say, God doesn't care. He doesn't love you because if He did, that would not happen. Amen. How many have ever experienced that? When you doubted the love of God because of something you went through, you're like, man, I, I don't believe that God surely he doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel like He loves me so much right now. Am I talking to some real people here? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It doesn't feel like God really cares about me because all this is happening right now. Now, I want to give some tips about, about discouragement and how you can overcome it. Because the mess is overcoming. Not just about what discouragement is, but how we can overcome it. Because if I just tell you what it is, you know what it is. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but, uh, 
How can you overcome discouragement? The number one thing that the enemy wants you not to know, not to do, is to run to God. He does not want you to run to God. Why? Because he, God is the solution. He's not the problem. God is not your problem. He's your solution. And many times people think about the solution with something else other than God. Listen, the first thing, go to God. Run to Him, not from Him. Run to Him. I've seen people say, oh, I'm too depressed to go to church. No, that, then that's when you should go. That's when you should go. I'm not feeling like going to church because I'm not, I'm not encouraged. No, you're discouraged. You need to go to church. That's why you even, even more. I'm not feeling like it. You don't have to feel like it. Just go. You do it. Amen. Do you wake up in the morning and say, I'm not feeling like working today. I'm not going to my job. No. no. You go whether you like it or not. Yes. You go whether you feel it or not. Why? Because you have a commitment. Right. And amen. So when it comes to church, it's not that you, you have to come. But listen, you got to understand that when you run to God, when you run to Him, he is your solution. He is your provider. He is your healer. He's not the source of your problem. He's not the problem. He's the solution. So what the enemy does is when you get discouraged, he'll try with all things to take you away from a position where you seek God. Because he will inflict in your heart that God is your problem. And then he'll do everything in his power to put you against God. Isn't that true? Have you ever been through that? Amen. I've been through that myself. When, when something was going wrong, when something was going, and, and I could hear the, the enemy. You know, you see, you can't trust God. You can't really, you know, put your life on that. I mean, you'd be much better off if you're not doing this or doing that. You're just so dumb. And I'm like, no, you shut up. Dirty devil, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Not the vacuum cleaner, but it's like he's dirty. Amen. You know, the vacuum cleaner got dirty. <laughs> Amen. But in Jesus' name, uh, get out of here. Amen. When you're discouraged, what the enemy will try to do, he'll try to take you out of the presence of God because he knows in the presence of God, you'll receive freedom. He does not want you to come to church. He does not want you to come where the presence of God or the anointing is because he, he's afraid of the anointing. So he's, he wants to take you away from that so that he can get you even more discouraged. Now what happened with David? How, what really important is not that if you get discouraged or not, is how you respond to discouragement. Because disappointments will come in your life. For sure, you can count on it. For sure, you'll be disappointed. But the problem is not if you get disappointed or not. The problem is how will you handle it? How will you deal with it? Even the Apostle Paul said, when the evil day comes, you will be able to stand. Why did he say that? Oh, you know, he said that just because it sounds good. Poetry is beautiful. No, he said because it's true. When the evil day comes, in other words, when the day comes where things are not working out, when the day comes where things are coming against you, when the day comes where the enemy is attacking you, when that day comes, you must be able to stand. Now, how did David respond? First of all, they wept. So, if you get discouraged and you weep, weep. Amen? It's not, some people say, you should not. You know, I, I remember um, 
when my grandmother passed away, I was, I was very young, and my mom was uh, pregnant with my sister. Amen. It was a very hard time, even though I was, I was very young. But uh, it's funny because sometimes Christians will even judge other Christians because they have some emotion. Let's say, for example, a loved one passed away. You're not supposed to be crying because they're in heaven. You're not supposed to be, uh, you know, have any sorrow because they're in heaven. You know what? Come on, just, just be quiet. You know, just be quiet. Because sometimes people who have emotions, natural emotions about something, natural sorrow. You got to understand that uh, it is natural to miss someone that you love. So it's not a lack of faith. It's not you know, the person not believing that the person is in heaven. So sometimes people criticize that. Oh, you know, uh, let me see if she's crying because, you know, like you, you got to understand, allow people, amen, to, to grieve sometimes. Because God doesn't say, what does the Bible say? Rejoice with those who are rejoicing and weep with those who are weeping. Mourn with those who are mourning. In other words, I got to have an understanding that in this life, there are, there are some situations that where people are going through, it's, it's not lack of faith. They manifest some emotion uh, where they're grieving about something. But that's the, not the problem. The problem is, are you going to remain there? Grief sorrow you may experience but are you going to remain there for the rest of your life and how long will that stay with you that's the main problem so let's say how david responded now look at this the situation got worse than that verse 6 now david was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God now look at this the situation got worse for David because everybody went there and the city was burned the wives were taken the children were taken everything was gone and then the people needed to find a scapegoat you know what you know what it's all David's fault David <laughs> let's stone him now imagine how David, David was already distressed it's like the last straw right there he was already in pain he was already emotional he was already crying along with them he was already uh, stressed out disappointed frustrated confused discouraged and then let's stone him imagine how he felt and then, but, but, but the Bible doesn't say, and David cried even more, and he was wanted to commit suicide. The Bible says, no. The Bible says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. The answer for discouragement will always be in the presence of God. It is never away from God. It is never in, in, in I'm not against counseling, but some people, they emphasize so much in, in, in natural things. Oh, let's go to, you know, a, a, a secular psychologist. He knows what we're going through. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, He knows way more about you're going through than anybody else. And you can come. And I'm not saying don't go to psychologist if you need to, but make sure that you first and foremost run to God because He is the solution to your problem. Encourage yourself 
in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Are you discouraged? Pray. Are you discouraged? Come to church. Are you discouraged? Fight in the spirit. Worship. Cry out. Don't stop. Don't allow the enemy to blind you. Because that's what the enemy loves to do. Blur the image of God. Blur the image of your father and say, he's against you. If, because if he was not, none of this would have happened. Amen. David encouraged himself in the Lord. You got to remember, this was a very tough situation. And then what else did he do next? You can skip to verse 8 with me out of 1 Samuel 30. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. So David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those stayed who were left behind. Anyway, here this story keeps going, and later on we see that... It, it happened exactly what the Lord said. What did David do? Number one, he strengthened himself in the Lord. He didn't allow the situation to mess his relationship with God. Don't allow circumstances to dictate your love, your worship, or your relationship with God. You want another example of that? Job. His wife said, curse God and die. He said, no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not allowing the situation to dictate my relationship with God. My relationship is a covenant I have with Him. And no situation, no person, no circumstance will be able to stop me or separate me from the love of God. That's why I'm telling you, sometimes people get hurt in church and say, I'll never go to, the church, to any church again. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong period don't allow what people have done to you mess your relationship with God how can I stop my relationship with God because of some person who did this or did it or, or fell into sin or whatever I, I'm telling you if I was dependent upon pastors being perfect or people being perfect I will not be a Christian today because I've seen so much since my childhood but none of that none of that has affected my relationship with God people can go to hell if they choose to but I'm not going with them hallelujah praise the Lord I've made up my mind I'm going to serve the Lord as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord Don't allow other people to mess your relationship with your father, yeah. with God. Don't allow what other people say, what other people do, what other people have failed. Yeah. It's their problem with God. Yes. Hallelujah. I remember when I was a teenager, Pastor so-and-so fell. He left his wife. He ran his secretary. Pastor so-and-so did this. I'll just listen, but okay. My relationship with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's my relationship with God. It's got nothing to do with so and so and whatever happened. 
God had mercy on them. Amen. Praise the Lord. But I'm not allowing what other people do, what other people say to affect my relationship with God. So remember this. David strengthened himself in the Lord. Make sure you get connected where the strength of God is. Get connected. Get plugged into the source who is God himself. Amen. Amen. If you need to call a friend to pray for you, do it. Because sometimes you're, if you're discouraged, you don't, have, you don't even have strength to pray. But you, you got to reach out. Yes. Reach out and say, you know, I need prayer. Please, can you pray for me over the phone? Amen. Even if it is over the phone, just, let's just pray together. Amen. If you need to come to church and ask for prayer, do it. Do whatever you got to do, but get plugged in where the strength and the power of God is. Don't run away from the presence of God. Don't run away from the anointing of God. Don't isolate yourself. When you're discouraged, what is the tendency? You know, I'm just going to lock in and I'm going to talk to anybody. I'm going to be by myself. I don't, I, 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 I know I'm going to sleep 15 hours per day, you know, God forbid. Some, some people are depressed, they, they sleep like that, you know, or they don't sleep. Reach out for help. Reach out for prayer. Come where the presence is, where the anointing is, where the word is. Don't isolate yourself and say, you know what, I'm just discouraged. It's not going to get any better. Tr trust me, it's not going to get any better if you do that. If you think that running away from the presence of God will make it better, will make it worse. Oh, you know, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to, I need some time for myself. I'm going to be home. You know, I don't want to go anywhere, talk to anybody, pray with anybody. I don't want to come to church. I just need some time for myself. No, you're just, you're just being led by the enemy because he, he's just pulling you away so he can minister his fear into your life. <laughs> and then you think, no, I'm going to get better. No, you're not. Because when you run from the presence, there's nothing good there. David strengthened himself. I'm almost done. David strengthened himself. And what's the next step? He inquired of the Lord about what to do. Don't ever make a decision based on your discouragement. Don't ever make a decision when you're angry, when you're irritated, when you're frustrated, when you're so angry. I'm going to make a decision right now. No, it's not time to make a decision. It's time to, to be quiet. Don't make a decision based on frustration and emotions. Inquire of the Lord. In other words, ask God. Wisdom, understanding. Lord, how do I deal with this? Help me. I don't know what to do. But you know what I need to do. Inspire me. Teach me. Speak to me. Minister to me. What do I need to do? I'll do it. And that's what David did. I'm telling you, if the Lord had told him, don't go, don't pursue them, they would say, guys, I'm not going. You know what our problem is? We want to do things that we think it is what we need to do, but we don't want to ask God about it. The whole problem with many Christians is that they, they do things and then they say, God, bless this right here that I just did. And God will tell them, I never told you to do this. God, you know, I'm, I'm getting married with this person. Just, I want you to bless it. Just, just do it. He's, uh, he's full of demons. He's an unbeliever, but I'm just getting married with him. And, you know, just bless it. Just get him saved. 
And then God will tell you, I, I never told you to do that. Why are you doing this? Oh, I'm going this direction and, and, and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Lord, just, you know, hook me up, bless me. You know, and the Lord will say, no, I never told you to do this. The problem is we do things we want to do and we want the Lord to back us up. God has no commitment and no obligation to bless something he did not assign or he did not speak. The church is full of it. Oh, I'm doing this, I have this idea, and I do this, and I do this, and then, you know, you know what? What did God tell you to do? I'm not really sure. Then you should pray. I'm going to move to Korea. I'm going to move to Africa. I'm going to move to this. I'm going to move to this. Okay? Did God speak to you? No, He didn't. So just stop and go pray. Amen? Don't go there. Say, I went there, you know what? And, 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 and everything went wrong. And I don't know why God allowed it. Well, you, you did it, and God just allowed it, but you did it yourself. So sometimes people get discouraged because they have done wrong themselves. And, and the way to get free from it is repent, Amen. turn it, Amen. and follow the right way. There will be no blessing if you just rebel against God, rebellious, rebellious heart. A wrong heart before the Lord, and you know, like I don't know why I'm discouraged. Well, you know why. <laughs> you know why. There are some other times that David was discouraged, very discouraged, and but the problem was that it was his problem. Then it was different. He he had sinned against the Lord, and Prophet Nathan went there and confronted him. And then he wrote Psalms 51 afterwards, which is a very beautiful psalm if you read it today, but. He didn't want to feel what he was feeling back then because it was not, uh, it was a ter I mean, he, he was feeling really sorrowful because of his sin, because of his uh, stubborn heart at that moment, you know? So uh, one more thing I want to say about discouragement is that sometimes people get discouraged about a wrong expectation they had that was never put in place by God. It was by their own hearts. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes people get discouraged because they set up expectations and goals that were never placed by God in their hearts. They were placed by themselves. And so when that stuff doesn't happen, they get discouraged and frustrated. But the problem is God never placed that desire or that thing in their hearts to begin with. So they get frustrated with God and God had nothing to do with it. You know, I've seen people wanting to, to be missionaries and preachers when God did not call them to be there. And then later on down the road, they get frustrated. I know it didn't happen. The call of God didn't happen in my life. But God never called you in the first place for that. And then you're trying to do what you want to do. Amen. So uh, before I was a preacher, I was like, man, if God doesn't want me to be there, I don't want to be it because... There's no point in it. There's no point in you trying to do something that God has never called you to do. Amen. So make sure that you align your expectations with the Word of God, the promise of God, and what God has for your life. I promise I'm three minutes, five minutes, give five minutes, I'm done. Give, let me give an example how people get discouraged. You know, a key component that, that helps our society for people to get discouraged today 
something called comparison. If you compare yourself with somebody else, and so you know, so and so, he's um, how old? He's oh, okay. Um, for some people, oh, he's married, got three kids, got a beautiful house, got blah blah. blah. And if that person is single, I'm still single. Um, I don't have enough, blah, blah, blah. And then they compare one life with the other. And then guess what the result is? They'll get discouraged. But God does not want you to compare your life with nobody else. He's got something for you. He's got an assignment, a purpose for your own life. And there's no, uh, there's no reason or need for you to compare your life with nobody. Let me give you an example. Peter, at the end of the gospel, they were by the beach and Jesus said, you know, Peter, you shall suffer and you shall die in a certain way. And, you know, he was saying how Peter was going to die for the gospel. And we know he was crucified upside down. Something, right? But Jesus was telling him what he was going to go through. What was first the first reaction of Peter? He looked at John and said, what about him? In other words, his concern was not just like, hey, about my life, what, what Jesus spoke to me. He's like, hey, Jesus, what about John? What's going to happen to him? In other words, he was comparing what John had with what he had. And what did Jesus say? Oh, be, be concerned about him. Yes, be concerned about him. Because he said, what if I want him to stay here until I come? What is it to you? In other words, it's none of your business. Jesus said, if I want him to stay here until I come back, what can you do about it, Peter? Is like, care about your life. Care about your walk with God. Don't be comparing yourself to so and so. You got a calling. You got an assignment. You got a purpose. You got a, a destiny to fulfill on this earth. And you're not to be comparing yourself with anybody else. That will give you a more fulfilled life focused life because when you're comparing yourself every day with somebody else you'll lose focus of, of what God has for you and it's very easy very easy to get discouraged you compare yourself to so-and-so that that is doing better that is flourishing better in that job or whatever and then you look at yourself and I'm not doing so good but listen listen right now God has something for you his blessing is on you his assignments for you. There's a purpose for you to fulfill that nobody else will. Amen. Hallelujah. When I got into ministry, I, I thought to myself, you know, I'm just starting this out and I'm seeing people who are like long ahead of me and they've done so much greater things. And then I realized, but there are people who will be saved through my voice preaching to them. And it's not going to be Ryan Arabonke preaching to them. It's going to be Hermes Falco Jr. Because there'll be people that are going to be ministered to through my own life. And then no matter how big people are, there's a place in the kingdom for me i understood that there's a place in the kingdom for my life and you got to understand there's a place in the kingdom of god for your life that nobody else can occupy and you're not supposed to be comparing yourself with nobody else but look to jesus your discouragement sometimes listen sometimes discouragement that people have is based on something that does not exist i'm not saying that every discouragement is 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 a, an illusion 
But many times, people worry so much. And have you ever worried about something that never happened before? And you lost nights of sleep. And you're thinking, my goodness, how am I going to pay this? Or how am I going to do this? Or how am I going to do this? Do that or whatever. Then later on, time passes by and you're like, well, I was so worried. Nothing happened. Same thing with discouragement. Sometimes you're so discouraged because you're comparing yourself to somebody else. Or you're doing this to somebody else. Uh, you're, you're, you're not fulfilled. But it's an illusion of the enemy. Do like David. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Inquire of the Lord. Be where His presence is, where His power is. Reach out for help if you need to. But don't stay in that position. You got to make a choice. I'm not... You may be even discouraged today, right? Amen? You may be even facing that today. But make it a choice within your spirit, within your mind. I'm not going to be that way. Because with God, all things are possible. And I'm going to come out of that situation that I'm in right now. It may be even a process sometimes, but I make the choice now. You got to make the choice right now and say, I choose not to give in to discouragement. Now, it may take a while to manifest it sometimes, but you got to walk through. You got to make the decision. I make the decision. I'm not going to allow discouragement to sabotage my spiritual life. I'm not going to make the choice to give in to that surrender. I'm, I, I don't surrender. No retreat, no surrender. I'm going forward. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many received that word? Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Inquire the Lord. Plug yourself into His power, His presence. Don't run away from His word. Don't run away from His presence. Don't run away from the people of God. Amen. Don't run away. The body of Christ is, is here to help you. Amen. That's why we need the body. We need each other. We need each other's prayers and encouragement. The Bible says, encourage yourselves. While even now, because the day is approaching, encourage. In other words, I sharpen you. You sharpen me. I encourage you. You encourage me. And there's a mutual blessing in that. Stand to your feet right now in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to share with your friends. The Ministry of World Evangelism in the Nations and building of the local church is made possible by generous contributions of friends and partners. We highly encourage you to give a love offering or partner with us monthly at www.revivalexplosion.com. Please send us your prayer request to office at revivalexplosion.com. Stay tuned for upcoming podcasts. God bless you.